Ordinary time, extra ordinary days. This morning, our greatest gift, our greatest gifts, buried or bold? Buried in the ground or boldly given? Today, at 6 o'clock, I invite you to join us for a Zoom service, Prayers for Peace. 6 o'clock tonight, you can join a Zoom service as we pray for unity and peace around the world. We also resume our food distribution with solidarity and the neighborhood. We're looking for shoppers for this Wednesday. We hope to feed 100 families. We've already provided 1,000 meals. If you'd like to help in this very tangible way, you can go to the website and volunteer on the website. And also be looking for the Advent Bible study entitled Preparations. Well, let's go to a great text. I don't know about you. I just, I just like all the texts in the Scripture. Uh, and this is another very, very powerful text. It's in the end of Matthew's Gospel. And there are four parables that talk about how to live between the time Jesus ascended to heaven and the time Jesus returns. Initially, how to live in this moment. How to live during this time. Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 to 30. I'll read the text. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold. To another, two bags. And to another one, one bag. Each according to his ability. And then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. Well, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags or five talents of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold, five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. Now I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. I will put you in charge of many things, said the master. Come and share my happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold, he came. Master, he said, I know that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered. So I was afraid, 
and I went out, and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. The master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. Ouch. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit at the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So he took the bag of gold from him and gave it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have, will be taken from them. And throw, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The reading of God's Word. Thanks be to God. Okay, a hard text. A little bit intense to the one who buried his five talents or bag of gold into the ground. Let's take a look at this story again to understand the parable and then apply three truths that are helpful for us in the time between Christ's ascension and return. Essentially, the time that we are living in right now. The first part goes something like this. This man, this master, who owns a lot of money and has a lot of property, and goes on a journey, is Jesus himself. The three servants or the three employees are people, members of the church. The leaving of the master to go on a long journey is Jesus resurrecting, ascending to heaven. And it represents the time before he returns again, sometime even in our future. Part two is about this master generously giving to his employees. To one employee, he gives five talents, or our story said five bags of gold. Five talents, or five bags of gold, are about 70, 75 years of wage. In other words, one talent is about 15 years of wage for a day laborer. Five talents, five bags of gold, is 75 years of labor, a lifetime, a lot of hard work. Two talents are 30 years of wage, and one talent is 15 years of wage. Now, what we find out through the course of the story is that two of the employees doubled their money. The man who was given five talents came back after investing and making a profit of five more. He came back with ten talents. The employee that had two talents or two bags of gold came back with four. 
And the one who buried his in the ground came back and gave the master the one talent or the one bag of gold. Part three goes like this. After the long time, after the return of Christ, the master returns, referring to the return of Christ. The two that doubled their profit are praised and they're given much and they're allowed to enter into the messianic banquet. And yet one who was in fear of the hard master, according to the text, or the harsh master, who was in fear of Christ, was called, and it's harsh, it's hard to read, I kind of wanted to cut it out, lazy, wicked, and he was sent to a place, he was thrown out where there was weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now this may sound harsh, but if you recall, in the story, Jesus gave to each according to what he knew they could handle well. He didn't overwhelm them. He didn't coerce them. He knew them well enough to know what they could in fact do with the greatest gifts that they've been given. Now most of the time this text is used as a text about money, stewardship, And it certainly is that. But it's also much more than that. So this morning I'd like to pull back the curtains even further. Right? Usually it's about stewardship. I'd like to throw the curtains even further back. Because it gives us a better context context to understand the actions of these three in the in-between time. That gives us a bigger picture of what's happening in the text. Truth number one to live by goes like this. Friends, God is generous from the beginning of creation. And he wants us to live a bold and beautiful life. God is generous from the beginning of creation. God creates in the beginning and generously gives to all of humankind, all of creation, for all of us (laughs) to have enough to thrive And to flourish. The realm of God begins with remarkable generosity. In the story, the man, Jesus, the master, entrusted ordinary, extraordinary wealth, power, and freedom, and responsibility to others. It's been going on that way since the beginning of creation. In other words, God gives people this generous gift from the very beginning of creation. And it's not like he backs off. But he knows all of us well enough and trusts us enough within our own freedom and volition to use the gifts that we have been given for the realm of God. And two of the characters in the story double what God has given. And one who has this amazing, profound fear of God sees that God in his own mind and theological constructions is a person, a being to be feared, buries it in the ground. What a contrast of two ways to view life and God's generosity. Advent season will soon be upon us. Just a couple more weeks. And as we began to put together the 
Bible study preparations, I wrote something in there that I thought was especially important in this moment. If you think about the whole span of Scripture from beginning to end, one of the ways to talk about that could be like this. In the beginning, God does everything. Or even simpler, in the beginning, God. The whole first two chapters of Genesis is about, in the beginning, God. And if you make your way to the end of the Bible, to the book of Revelation, toward the end of the book of Revelation, you could also say very simply, in a paraphrased manner, in the end, God. In the beginning, God. <laughs> I can get my steps in. In the end, God. Got him. In the beginning, God. In the end, God. In the beginning, God. Generosity for all people. No need to be afraid. God's got this. Why? In the end, God. More steps. Got him. In the beginning, God. In the end, God. In the middle, one word. Emmanuel. God with us. Emmanuel. God with us. In the messy middle between in the beginning God and in the end God. In this whole span of messy middle is Emmanuel. In our story, Jesus the Master gives according to the abilities of you and me represented in these three members of the church. It's not an unreasonable burden on anyone. There's no coercion. They're able to respond freely with the profound generosity that God has bestowed upon us from the beginning to the end through Emmanuel. And what do we do with those beautiful gifts? How do we respond to the overpowering, audacious generosity of the God of in the beginning and the God of end and all the way through Emmanuel, God with us? We can double, triple, or bury. We can live a bold life or we can live a fearful life. But the choice the choice is up to us. The second truth that I think emerges from this text is very simple. God doesn't want us to live our lives buried in fear. The two employees generate 100% profit, and yet one lives in fear and generates nothing. Why? He's afraid. He, he's not a bad person. He's careful. He's 
probably like me, fiscally conservative. He's prudent, a cautious investor, checks things out, dots the I's, crosses the T's, probably watches the market report every day. And that's how he operates when he's given this amazing gift of a bag of gold and not wanting to lose any of it or a portion of it. He plays it too conservative. Doesn't risk anything. He takes out a shovel. Should have brought a shovel. Glad I didn't. It would be hard to dig a hole right here. And he puts his talent, 15 years of wage, our story says one bag of gold, into the ground. And in the end, he digs it back up and says, here you go, I did a great job. I preserved it all for you. I can't figure out why he's treated so harshly. It's bewildering at best and troubling at worst. Unless perhaps we're not called to live a life of fear, we're called to live to invest because God gave it all to us so generously and we're asked to be stewards of that because that's the way in the beginning God began. Freely I give to you. John Buchanan said that perhaps the greatest risk of all, it turns out, is to not risk anything. Not to care deeply and profoundly enough about anything to invest deeply. To give your heart away and in the process risk everything. The greatest risk of all is to play it safe. Dietrich Bonhoeffer even said that the sin of respectable people is running from responsibility. Friends, God doesn't want us to live our lives buried in fear. God wants, to live our, God wants us to live our lives bold and beautiful. In the words of Kaiser Permanente, to thrive. Third truth, and it's going to seem pretty obvious at this point, God's gifts of people and resources are meant to be freely and generously given for all people in all places to thrive. That's our task. That's our role. In the next few weeks, we're approaching a stewardship emphasis. I have to ask a question. Will we bury our resources and live in fear, or will we invest them so that they can grow 100% into the beautiful work of the hands and feet of God in Jesus Christ, inspired by the leveraging work of the Holy Spirit, that the Creator would be honored and glorified. Next week, you'll see a video that highlights in a bizarre year of God still at work in our midst. The past year that allowed all of us to, to triple our imaginations in order to do ministry in a new way. From a thousand 
meals served at Solidarity and PPC to masks freely given to the food bank that now does a drive here, the Red Cross, twice a week because no other church in Orange County was bold enough to open their campus because of fear of the pandemic. Worship services live streamed. Thanks be to God. $2,500 from you because of, in the beginning, God, a generous God, asked us to be generous people to help the needy in generous ways. $4,500 raised for gift cards for Kramer Middle School. The list goes on and on, honestly, and on. The color of compromise, 79 out of 237 people. You're going to see a highlight video next week of the ways in which the resources have been used in bold and multiplied fashions. Friends, not, let's not bury our best, but invest it in the beautiful, life-changing transformations of the realm of God in these local engagements within a seven-mile radius of our campus. Oftentimes, we think that being a person of faith is to be safe and secure. Right in the midst of the tsunami of change. Jesus won't have any of that. Jesus doesn't call us to be safe and secure in the tsunami of change. Because if he really believed that, he would never have mounted a cross. Safety and security was not on his priority list. Risky and bold behavior. The generosity of self-sacrificing love that extends because that's the way God is in the beginning. That's the way God still is in the end and all the way through. Emmanuel. God with us. The greatest adventure is the risky adventure of a life of generous discipleship where we make as much as we can and we save as much as we can and we give away as much as we can, according to the great Methodist John Wesley. It's to be bold, it's to be brave, it's to be relevant, it's to be relational, not in fear, but like the first two employees, with strategic abandon and the amazing, audacious return on investment that is so high because the needs around us are so many. And that's our call. The gifts we are given. Buried, no. Bold and beautiful and generously offered. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And may our gifts continue to be bold. Because in the beginning, God, in the end, God, and everywhere in between, the generous, outstretched arms of Emmanuel, which means God with us. Amen. Let's pray together, shall we?
Thank you for being such a generous God. Thank you that you want us to live boldly and not in fear. Thank you that at every moment in our life when fear even knocks on our door, Emmanuel is going shoulder to shoulder with us so that our gifts are leveraged and transformed a hundredfold and others can tangibly see the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. How beautiful. How bold. Thank you for the gifts of the men and women at PPC. Amen.